Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This time of the year, just listening to Mark's weather forecast, a temperature of 47, but it feels like 35. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. Happy December, huh? In that holiday spirit. Well, take a breather. Exhale, relax. Christmas is 10 days away. All right, don't get even more nervous. Come on, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Relax, calm down. Those of you who are celebrating the holidays, whether it's Christmas upcoming, Hanukkah, those who will be celebrating Kwanzaa, or whatever. We wish you the best. Happy holidays. And good morning. I'm Bob Soldier. On our program on Sunday mornings, we try to bring you uh, interesting discussions, and I've been looking forward to this chat for some time because we're going to be talking about an organization that does some very important work. It is based here in New York City. It's entitled Theater Forward. And I'm thrilled to say the executive director of the organization, Bruce Whitaker, is joining us on our program to talk with us about the work of Theater Forward. Uh, Bruce, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Thank you. Good morning. So nice to have you uh, join us. There's so many different areas where we can go in discussion, but you know, one of the things that struck me when I was first starting to look at some of the background on Theater Forward was something that's right on the homepage of your website. And I'm looking at that right now if I glance over to my right here in the studio. It's a great question. It's an engaging one. I love things that are attention getters, and this is a perfect one. The question is, what if everyone had access to theater? I mean, what a brilliant idea. Well, thank you. How does Theater Forward work to try to make that happen? Well, it kind of started in our very early days. Um, we were we were a nonprofit association. We uh, supported a network of 19 prominent regional theaters, and they wanted someone to be in New York City. The theaters are, except for one of them, all located outside New York. And our first kind of business proposition as a nonprofit, if you will, 
was to offer discount ticket access to the employees of the companies that were generous enough to support us. So way back 40 years ago, we started looking at ways that corporate employees could have access to discount tickets through their company's generosity to us. And then over time, that has turned into a longer conversation about an exploration of uh, what are the barriers to getting into theater and what does theater offer? Those two kinds of questions. And um, as arts education became more limited and budgets were cut, that became a barrier. Students weren't seeing as much theater as they had before. And uh, also we found that theater had does some amazing things for for individuals and for communities. So we've been trying to uh, explore those areas of access and uh, and what theater can do for a long time now. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about the words that you said and that very key B word you used, barrier or barriers. The idea Mm. of there being barriers to access to theater. I mean, it almost seems like that should be unconscionable. Um, how do you, I guess, balance your work with some of those things that, I guess, almost become immovable barriers? <laughs> well, um, I think you're right. And, and as part of what has emerged over time is as our culture has evolved and has um, income inequality has grown, as we've become more polarized, as communities in, in many parts of our country can be very isolated from each other, the barriers start to be more than just economic. They can be cultural. They can be uh, issues of... So our theaters are quite large, and they were founded by, say, the business and community leaders and artists of their cities. And uh, one of the barriers that theater faces, quite frankly, is this sense of it being an elitist enterprise. And so if you don't feel like you belong to that elite, do you feel welcome in that in that uh, theater? So in the last few years, uh, our theaters, and we do what we can to support them, are looking at this kind of uh, maybe uh, new frontier of perception of barriers to say, how can we break this down and say, no, we really are here for everyone. We were founded as a community organization. And even though the community now has maybe different points of view, different components, demographics have changed, our communities are more diverse than they were 50 years ago, um, theater is still here for everyone. We are a community resource. And so how do we translate that into action to make sure everyone can come and see shows here and be involved with the art form? This whole idea, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is a, um, well, I'm going to phrase it, misconception about theater as being an elitist enterprise. I mean, why does that perpetuate as a belief? Well, I think part of it uh, comes, first of all, it, it is so ingrained in human behavior and all what we are as human beings. In many ways, it expresses that very, very fundamental core But as an art form, because it is somewhat complex, because you have um, physical art like the set itself, you have the spoken talent and the actions of the of the actors, design elements, directing, writing. It it has it's a kind of complex form in the manner that we perform it, where you have uh, shows that are written and cast and so forth. 
So you take this natural human urge to storytelling and then you manifest it in this wonderful, engaging way. And there can be a sense of, oh, this is kind of complicated. This is something really special. And it is special, but it's special in its universality, not in its uniqueness or its, uh, you know, being only for a certain kind of person. It kind of comes with a territory, but it's, it's, a, it's one of those wonderful inconsistencies, how basic it is to what we are and who we are, and yet how sophisticated it is and how we can actually work with the art form. Mm. So incorporating education pro- programs, is that a way of addressing this? Exactly, kind of- exactly. I think we all know anecdotally, and our studies are showing that, that uh, you don't, uh, theater is not an acquired taste, but getting that uh, addiction to it is. You know, you have to expose someone to it at an early stage in a supportive way so that they can really make a decision. Is this going to be for me or not? And as education programs have been cut back or as access to the traditional student uh, matinee has been cut back, um, that that kind of habit is not being formed. And so, yes, the start of it is an education, but we don't view it as simply a participatory experience, a spectator experience. We view it as one where students should get involved with acting. They should write plays or scenes about their experience. They should understand how the physical theater works because there could be a place for them in, in doing that, or it could give them a skill for their future work in whatever category they want, to, any, whatever career they want to pursue. But education is where this kind of gets started, exactly. And when we talk about exposing youth to theater, I guess, what age do you recommend starting? I would, there are some of our theaters are doing programs for preschool students. Um, and helping them, in some cases, it helps with uh, the acquisition of English as, as a second language for students who may be um, children who may um, be native speakers of other languages. And that kind of makes sense. If you have a child learn a role or recite a little scene or something like that, they're going to pick up the language in ways that simply um, you know, studying it or trying to imitate it directly can, can be more challenging. So there, there are places and ways of introducing theater at all kinds of different stages. I think um, one friend of mine who has done a lot of work with university students feels that that's the right uh, stage at which if you want to build lifelong theater attendees, it should happen at the college level. But our research shows that students who work with theater in the middle school, high school levels also have n- not only we're not only interested in the audience of the future, but also what it's doing to the students and the kinds of skills they're gaining, the confidence they're gaining. So it can, theater is a, should be a part of curriculum at any age. Most people get it more in their teen years, but there are applications for it at any age. And is that reflecting when they're exposed to theater at this young age in various forms, does that reflect in their academic performance? Yes. What we find is that students who um, work with theater have better um, academic outcomes 
even in STEM subjects. And I think part of this is it gives them confidence um, and uh, it gives them problem-solving skills. As I said, it enhances their linguistic skills. So it crosses over to not only social studies, literature, and so forth, language-based skills, but also their understanding of science and math. Mm. Very interesting. Um, one of the things that I was thinking heading into our discussion today, too, is talking about this idea of, you know, I've, I've said that your organization is based here in New York City, but the um, effect, influence, impact of the work that you do really reaches across the country, doesn't it? That's right. We have uh, 19 theaters, as I said. One of them is based here, Manhattan Theater Club. Mm -hmm. And then the other 19 are um, leading theaters, prominent theaters in some of the larger cities of the country, such as the Arena Stage in Washington, the uh, Center Theater Group in Los Angeles, uh, the ART, the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge outside Boston. And in some ways, um, we're kind of like a sports league where we have the local franchises and then there are certain things we do for them here in New York. And so we kind of focus on things that are best done collaboratively among multiple theaters. And our, our particular niche really is connecting companies, corporations like Bank of America or AT&T to those kinds of, that kind of work. So that's that's kind of how we have our national impact. We do it through these major theaters. Um, our theaters range uh, in in size, budget size from five million up to about fifty million, and they reach across the country. They reach an audience of about five million people, and they reach about five hundred thousand students. So um, these are wonderful institutions, and uh, they do great work in their communities. And I assume that the companies that you're working with are receptive to the idea of being involved in this fashion? Yes. Um, as I said at the very beginning, they like to support us in order to help their employees, provide a benefit to their employees, and also to help the theaters in a simple way around the country. And over time, as we've looked at these areas, our two basic program areas are educating through theater, and then an area we call advancing strong theater. And so companies like AT&T, Wells Fargo, the Hearst Foundation, we also work with foundations, have been very active in educating through theater. Another foundation is the Augustine Foundation, which particularly focuses on musicals. And then on the Advancing Strong Theater side, um, which is uh, where we support community engagement programs to help uh, adults in a broader cross-sector of the community access theater, um, we've just launched a new program with Bank of America called the Bank of America Activate Awards, okay, which wanna, will help. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you because I want to touch upon that and talk more about Advancing Strong Theater with you. We're going to take a pause in our discussion, talking with Bruce Whitaker, who is Executive Director of Theater Forward. Uh, we'll give you contact information for Theater Forward as we continue in our discussion. 6.20 is our time. Time for a look around the sporting world. And we're pleased to say, as I turn my attention to my right at a bit of an angle, Mark Rene has our look around the sporting world. Radio.com. Radio.com. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. Appropriately enough, after all, it's the middle of middle of December. It should be a football Sunday, shouldn't it? Yeah. 
Well, we are in discussion with the executive director of Theater Forward, and the organization is an interesting one. We're uh, talking with Bruce Whitaker on our program, and one thing we haven't done, and I want to get into talking about advancing strong theater, uh, which you've mentioned, but what's um, a way for people who want more information perhaps about uh, Theater Forward, or maybe there are some people listening to us who may want to be supportive of your efforts, uh, may want to contact you with other information or questions. How can they reach the organization? Um, great. Thanks for asking. Uh, we are at www.theaterforward.org. That's our website, theaterforward.org, and we spell theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. And uh, when you go there, you can find out more about, uh, you can download some of the research we've done lately on education, and you can also get involved with our uh, ticketing and event programs. Um, a lot of companies support us, but a lot of individuals do as well. Um, and we, you can also, if you want to make a contribution, we are a nonprofit, you can target that to education or areas of interest to you, or give us a call and we'll talk and be happy to get together. Now, I sort of interrupted you, and you were t starting to talk about something that I think is a very important aspect of the work of Theater Forward, the idea of advancing strong theater. Can you explain right. the origin of this component of your work and exactly where it is that that's going now? Yeah, sure. Well, um, as we were talking earlier, um, Theater has, uh, because of its roots in, uh, you know, the mainstream American culture, um, over time, theaters and looked around and said, you know, there are sections of our community that are not coming. Um, we may be doing programming for, say, African-American communities or Hispanic communities, Latinx communities, but they don't come very much. And actually, our staff, they're not working here. Uh, we don't have very many people from those communities on our boards and in our leadership. And so they started to, as the, as the country's becoming more diverse and in looking to the future, the theater started to say, how can we better represent the communities where we are located? And so a few years ago, they came to us, or we talked to our theaters all the time, of course, but we were in a planning phase and they said, this is an area we need help with. Um, we need uh, to share our best practices, but we also need to start some programs that are going to reach out to a broader section of our community and then bring folks in who've not been involved in a real authentic way before. And so uh, we put together a grant program, um, and the first round is just wrapping up. We gave grants to theaters in Dallas, Minneapolis, uh, San Diego, and Seattle, and uh, they reached out to communities and created, in many ways, either toured out to those communities because they're, the, the cities and counties are very large and people couldn't get to the theater easily, or they reached out and engaged individuals to put together shows together. It may be a classic uh, Shakespeare show, or in the case of Minneapolis at the Guthrie, um, they reached out to the uh, Native American community in Minneapolis. It has one of the largest urban indigenous communities in the country. And uh, those individuals were uh, helped with, by, with, with the help of some uh, visiting artists put together a show that was performed on the main stage of the Guthrie. And they also had a chance to come and see shows for free at the Guthrie. So 
this idea of engaging people as performers, engaging people to come and have dinner and see a show together, um, to meet the rest of the theater uh, staff and, and, and the rest of the theater audiences, those kinds of programs have become a bigger and bigger part of what theaters are doing. And we're finding the impact on individual lives can be just incredible. The sense of, of bondedness within the community, the sense of empowerment when a person who may be living in a women's shelter in Seattle takes on a role in a Shakespearean play and, and performs on main stage, what that does for that person is extremely inspiring. So um, we were supported in that by our board and by a couple of, of companies, one of them, Bank of America. And uh, our friend there, Rena DeSisto, said, this is so incredible after she watched what was happening in those four theaters. I want this to continue. And so we're, we're very happy that they have made a major commitment to us for a two- to three-year extension of this program. Listening to you um, say that, I'm thinking about the idea of what this means for um, artists, because as you made that mention about, you know, the person who could be living in that uh, shelter um, and gets this, and this is a very key word here, opportunity. I mean, you're talking about something that, and I don't think I'm overstating this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is or could be life-changing. Oh, yes. Yes. I think, in fact, we did a very special thing a few years ago. We surveyed corporate executives about their impressions of workforce preparedness. Uh, how well was the current generation of workers prepared to, for their jobs? And they were very, very disappointed in how well prepared new employees are. And they were asked, how could they improve, how could employees improve their preparedness or what would would improve it? Um, honestly, their first answer was sports, <laughs> engagement with sports, and that's fantastic. But we probed further and we said, what about the arts? And the in response was incredible because when you take the 21st century workforce skills of things like collaboration, communication, writing skills, and so forth, the arts all provide those. And Individuals who were surveyed, over half of them said they attribute their success in their careers to their engagement with the arts earlier in their life, and then many of them continue to be engaged in the arts. So, yes, it is life-changing on every level, and we feel that access to the arts is actually, because of its criticality in workforce preparedness, we think it's actually uh, a very important area uh, as a life skill, as a right to a life skill, that you have to have this to be competitive and to get ahead in life. And so it's so effective that you really, it's just a real, um, it's wrong for students not to have access to it because it will set them back. Mm. I'd like you to talk for a moment or two here about um, something that takes place on an annual basis on part of Theater Forward, and that is the Broadway Roundtable. Uh, here in mm. New York City. What's that all about? Well, um, so we started this 17 years ago. I've been here, uh, it was in like the second or third year that I was here. And uh, we had a, a company, UBS, that was very interested in 
um, hosting some insightful discussions about theater kind of in the middle of the winter. We're right, our season in theater, as you know, goes from basically September through the Tonys in June. And uh, so we started putting together um, panels of artists, uh, writers, directors, journalists, uh, individuals from nonprofit organizations to get together in the middle of the winter and talk about theater. And um, we have one coming up um, on January 31st. And uh, over the years, these conversations have focused often on some of our program priorities on education, on diversity, on equity and access, um, on uh, how artists sometimes are changing their careers and actors becoming a director or uh, an actress is coming back from a personal challenge and getting back on Broadway and so on. So um, we have the, a quick panel discussion and they join our guests for this, uh, for this lunch. And it's been a really uh, insight. We've, we've learned so much from the industry in doing this. And uh, our guests uh, are inspired by the people that they meet on the panel. Mm. Bruce Whitaker is who we're talking with. He's executive director of Theater Forward, and he has joined us on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. I'm Bob Salter, um, and we're talking with him about the work of Theater Forward. You know, you mentioned earlier the um, website for the organization. I always like to repeat these a couple different times in discussion. It's Theater Forward, and that's all as one word, and theater is spelled T H. E A T R E forward F O R W A R D. So it's theaterforward.org. And there's a lot of information there about the organization and contact information if you'd like to get involved in um, perhaps making a don- donation uh, or in some other way being supportive of the efforts of uh, Theater Forward. I mean, this is an excellent time, I guess, as well to address this idea. This usually is. Uh, a question that I like to put out to people who are involved with nonprofit organizations. What are things that you can use besides money, obviously? <laughs> well, I think what I keep hoping is that uh, individuals can use the research that we have available there to go to their schools, to go to the decision makers and really make sure that every student gets access to the arts. It can be theater, it can be music. Um, And we we just have a challenge. I think New Jersey has just become the first state in the country to offer some kind of arts access to every student in the state. And the fact that only one state in the country is doing that is uh, just a real shame. And so... That's one thing is to be is to stand up for your students, your, your your kids, and everybody's kids. I think part of the problem we don't realize, we say we have this set up for our kids, but we don't have this for everybody's kids. And so often, the uh, students that we know get the most out of the art, out of arts education, who can be students who can be coming from uh, under-resourced neighborhoods or from family backgrounds that are kind of broken up. They benefit the most from this, and they're often in schools that are the least likely to have it. So advocate to make sure everybody's kids have access to this. And uh, another thing that uh, 
we, we hope is that if your child is interested in theater or the arts or that you, if you're interested in them, that you find a way to, uh, to exercise that and be part of the story and, and really explore what this art form can do for you. Most interesting discussion we were having with uh, our guest uh, on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. We'll talk more with him and also talk more about that uh, last point, too. Um, Bruce Whitaker is executive director of Theater Forward, and he is our guest on our program. I didn't mention this earlier, but you know, um, in this abbreviated program that we have, Sometimes we do have the opportunity, perhaps we could work in a couple of thoughts if some of the folks listening to us are on point want to ask a question along the lines of some of the things that Bruce has brought up, because these are very interesting ideas. 877-337-6666 is our number. As always here at The Fan, you want to join us in the course of this discussion. We'll talk more with Bruce and um, more about Theater Forward as we continue on our program this Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. Yes, it's a football Sunday, and we are in discussion with Bruce Whitaker on our program. He's executive director of Theater Forward, and he's talking with us about the organization Theater Forward. Dot org. The uh, website for the organization and theater is spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E, and then forward, theater forward, all this one word, dot org. Now, we talked a little bit about this idea of the advancing strong theater, and as you're talking about that, I also, because I had a number of different notes heading into our discussion today, wanted to touch upon something that I think you mentioned earlier which is that you have, um, I believe it's, is it discounted theater ticket sales for some of the corporate partners that you have, the people who work for them? Yes, that's right. Um, that was the, one of the ways we kind of got started back uh, over 40 years ago. So companies that support us, uh, among the things that we offer them, our access for their employees to discount tickets in, in two basic ways. One is uh, we do this through our website portal um, where they can access discount tickets there um, through a little login and things like that. And the other is where that's, we call that Save My Seat. And then the other one is called the Spotlight Series, which is where we uh, purchase group tickets to shows and then make them available to all of our corporate uh, individual, to all of our corporate employees, and the employees can buy those discount tickets. And those are always shows that are not otherwise discounting. So uh, the long-standing runs like Wicked, a lot of the Disney shows, uh, we offer those periodically over the course of the year. So um, we, we try to do that so that, uh, you know, it's Broadway's audience the majority of the audience actually comes from outside the tri-state area. And uh, we wanted to try to find a way for more New Yorkers to actually enjoy the great theater that is on offer here. And so that's one thing that we do for both Broadway and for companies. Um, people are working so hard at their jobs and they really value when a company offers them something as a way of uh, just uh, because of the company's generosity, individuals have access to these kinds of opportunities. This idea of equity, 
diversity, inclusion, obviously right at the core of what Theater Forward is all about. I guess my question would be, and this goes back to what you were talking about with um, the arts and um, opportunities for access to the arts in, in the educational system. You know, you have a lot of information in terms of uh, things that could be um, downloaded, um, printed, used to be able to make arguments uh, in favor of those ideas and of access to the arts. I guess the question becomes, how realistic is it that people are going to get some sort of favorable response in this day and age when everything seems to be focused so much on the bottom line. Do you mean in the in the education area exactly, or in exactly. professional in the in the education area? Because that's the thing that I'm to be very honest with you, I am most concerned about is the fact that there is this cutoff basically, of access to art education. Um, and in my mind, that doesn't compute. Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's a big challenge in, in so many ways. Um, somehow, uh, the arts are not in the same position as language arts and math and science as a required subject that the law requires that students have these um, have these services in every state and the fragmentation across the country of the different curricula systems the uh, local and national and state control over all this make reform in education as we know extremely difficult and so often it depends upon the goodwill and the enthusiasm and the uh, the inspiration of a single principal to decide what that school is going to do. Will that school partner with a theater like one of ours and make students uh, make this opportunity available for students, or is that principal going to focus on the bottom line, as you say, which in their case is most likely test scores? So um, I think that we've kind of started turning the corner on that one pointed focus on test scores because we've understood that it takes a diversity of approaches to really educate a student. The, the federal education law right now recognizes this and very much encourages states and, and decision makers to make the arts available to, for the full student. But it's done virtually one school at a time. And so there are a lot of efforts right now to just track where are our gaps, where who's getting arts education and who is not. And that's a major effort, but in many cases we don't even know. And as I mentioned earlier, New Jersey has been able to make this widely available. Every student in New Jersey has access to some kind of arts education, but that was partly driven by the fact that they found out who didn't have it. So it's a logistical challenge. It's a policy challenge. Um, a bit financial, but I think the real problems are these just who's doing it where and why, and that we don't have um, an easy way to make this universally available. Mm. As an organization, what's on your wish list 
In other words, what would you love to be able to do that you can't do now? Well, I think that we would like to continue uh, the areas of expanding access to theater for all communities. And we also want to support uh, movement within our field of increasing the representation of, of communities in our staffing, in our leadership, in our boards, um, so that they really do represent their communities. That's the goal of every one of our theaters. We're a long way from it in a lot of cases. Um, theaters always, the arts careers have always been something that you kind of pass on among your friends and family. We want to get out of that cronyism and make this kind of this, these wonderful jobs like I've had the privilege to have, um, available to everyone who's interested in doing it. And I think the other <laughs> wish list is, as I mentioned, that we find a way to make the arts a core on the level of math, science, and so on. Because as we move into this kind of economy we have where communication, innovation, and those things are so important, the arts really are the key to our future as an economy and for individuals and for their careers. Um, I started life as an accountant, and the work that I did then as long ago was, on, was automated. Um, we want to have uh, individuals qualified to do things that cannot be on automated. And so looking to the future, I think the arts will really play an ever greater part in that. Okay. I can't let this go by because some of the folks listening to us are probably going, what? Wait a minute. He started work as an accountant. How is he doing this today? <laughs> well, um, I, when I was, uh, after I'd done work in accounting for about uh, 10 years or so, I was writing plays on the side all the time, mm -hmm. and I got accepted to uh, a graduate program in playwriting and um, moved over into that. And I went to NYU to teach uh, dramatic writing and then started working in theater after that. And my first job was a literary manager at Manhattan Theater Club. Mm -hmm. When we look at the idea of, because you talked about this earlier, you know, so, sometimes people hear discussions where the phrase um, the arts or art is used and they have their own perception as to exactly what that means. But you talked also about the fact that music and there are so many different things that can be done with music. That can be included in this kind of a discussion as well. Does that, um, or can that help in perhaps breaking down some of what may be some of the cultural barriers to access to the arts? Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite programs we have is called Making Music, which is funded by the Augustine Foundation, which is based here in New York. And um, we, our theaters over the past few years have been doing more and more musicals. And musical theater itself is ascending as a storytelling form over the last few years because it's not the it's no longer restricted to conventional ideas of likable characters and those kinds of things. So as they do more of those, we're encouraging them to put more music and music education into 
their um, pre preparations for the students to come and see these shows. And what we found is when we started looking at what the, uh, the students who went to these uh, workshops, their tolerance <clears throat> and social tolerance actually increased. And I think it's being part of this universal story that the theater, that the show is trying to tell, um, <clears throat> is very much is on the edge of our, you know, people who are outliers, people who are different from other people become the heroes of these stories or become the featured characters. And so this does increase tolerance. We've also seen how generally, not just musicals, but theater in general has an increase in uh, one of our studies reported that 69% of the students increased their knowledge and understanding of different cultures. So very definitely music and theater, I think, play a key part in expanding our tolerance and emotional intelligence, really. Bruce Whitaker, who is executive director of Theater Forward, our guest on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. Um, I'd like you to mention again the... Um, the websites, and here's an excellent opportunity for you to invite folks who are listening to us to check that out and perhaps be supportive of your efforts. Great. Our website is uh, theaterforward.org, and uh, you'll see there that we are supported by a lot of larger companies. We also have individual supporters. We would like smaller companies to get involved as well. We offer visibility, employee benefits. You don't have to be Bank of America or City or Pfizer to support us. We have uh, smaller architectural firms, professional firms, and uh, individuals can join us as well. But uh, check us out. Use the information we have uh, to explore theater, and uh, we would love to get in touch. Well, hopefully some of the folks listening to us can be supportive of your efforts as well. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on our program, and certainly the best uh, during this holiday period to you as well. Thank you. All the best to you and to all the, the WFAN fans. Uh, it's great to have this conversation today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's an interesting discussion with um, Bruce on our program this Sunday morning. Let me just mention something because this has been on my mind, as some of you might have imagined, with the events, and I put those terms in quotes, tragic that they were, took place in Jersey City earlier in the week. No, our focus was not on that on the program today for a couple of reasons. We may be exploring that in some aspect next Sunday morning. Um, it is something that is on my mind. It's also something that um, I think we all need to think very carefully about, too. That does it for our program. NFL Preview is coming up here on The Fan. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.